But you can't have a new heart if you insist on returning to the same sin. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Every Knee Shall Bow, your weekly Catholic podcast on evangelization. I am Mike Gomer Gormley, and I am joined, as always, by Dave the Icon Van Vickle. How you doing, Dave? <laughs> the Icon. I'm good. I'm good. I have an, Is that because I have an icon right behind it's me? It's exactly you because that? you have an icon. It was either that or Dave coloring page Van Vickle. I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what's funny about that icon behind me? So this is a funny story. I guess it's funny. It's kind of weird. But um, <laughs> so our mutual friends, the Lesnevskis, yes. um, some Greek Orthodox priest gave that to their grandma. And it was like he wanted it back. <laughs> eventually for their monastery it's like a really important icon i guess <laughs> and um and so when the grandma died ben got a bunch of her stuff and and he gave me that icon and we're and or he was like giving it away or something i was like oh that's beautiful like of the blessed virgin so i i was like uh let, let, we'll just take it and then like years later his oldest brother bob was like hey is it possible that you have an icon for my grandma? The priest is asking for it back. Like apparently it used to seep oil. Like it was like a miraculous image. And I was like, um, yeah, it might, may or may not be right behind me right now. But uh, anyways, I'm, I'm working to get it back to him. But for, for the meantime, it's right behind my shoulders. That is so funny. I know. Oh, man. Yeah. So it's seeping oil. You're exercising demons. It's great. It's great. <laughs> Just a normal day in the mythical household. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm petting a dog and watching YouTube videos. That's what I do. <laughs> no seeping oils here. My oh. dog's at obedience school right now. I can't wait for her to get back. Oh, really? All I, all I can think right now is if she's if she loves her trainer more than me. Yeah. That's all I can think about. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, she will. I love my dog. I got my I got a little dog because we have a little yard and uh, and this dog from day one has been incredible. I mean, you know, standard puppy stuff, you know, right. not going right. to play games here as if she's perfect or he's right. perfect, whatever. But man, great dog. Just rarely ever barks, listens okay. to everything I say. One thing uh, that he does wrong is he chews in my hand as if it's a chew toy. Wow. I have no idea why. My dog's terrible. Um, but I, I love her so much and she comes down to my gym with me when I work out and she sits on a pile of weights and she gets a little dumbbell and puts it in her mouth. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll send you a picture sometime. Didn't like a year ago, we had a whole dog thing. I think we had a dog thing on the show, like in the very beginning. Really? Yeah. I remember someone, an email about that, like talk more about your dogs or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> our no, fans are never, weird our I fans never are weird. answer that question i would never say yes to that that's like one of my social media um litmus tests like if you have more than one post about your animals then i unfollow you <laughs> oh man speaking of social media i re-listened to uh digital minimalism by cal newport he wrote a book that his most popular book is deep work yeah that's that's that book changed my life and yeah. it's because of you you recommended that yes Finally, I did something good in your life. Uh, I'm I'm not seeping oil yet, uh, <laughs> but no. So I he came out with a podcast, so I listened to his podcast, and then I was like, you know, I really want to listen to digital minimalism, and I realized there was that whole Taylor Marshall versus Bishop Barron thing that happened on Twitter. Who cares? Okay. It's a okay. mountain out of a molehill. It annoys me to no end. But I had this overwhelming urge to correct everyone on the internet. And okay. I realize it's I'm not helping anyone. I'm not. No, it's all, all it's all virtue signaling. It's all that right. stuff. And so right. I took a deep breath and I listened, re-listened to Cal Newport. And his whole thing was we're letting these little things distract us. What's the value? What are you getting out of it? That's what if you're going to have Facebook, everyone says, oh, you should have Facebook. Why? Well, like your family can see pictures. You can stay in touch with relatives. And okay. Then why do I have 1500 friends on Facebook? Right. Yeah. That's right. not Good my point. relatives. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to our buddy Thomas Yeager on the phone and I told him that I just nuked all of my Twitter accounts. I just deactivate, delete, done. What? I, I didn't even look back. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. It's gone. And, uh, 
Cal Newport will say, like, if you really are using Twitter for, like, news and stuff, then that's fine. Create a a, a dummy account. Never click like. Never click retweet. Okay. Just right. read the stuff. Go to the links and then be done with it. Right. And so I was like, okay, that's cool, but I'm not going to do that. Um, I need to just be done with it. And I here's the funny thing. I'm on Twitter maybe an hour a week at most. Like, I'm okay. not one of these guys that's on all the time, like my buddy Luke Carey, who is on it two right. hours I was gonna a day. Say, okay, I was going to say, I thought you guys were active on it. Yeah, no, and and so the funny thing is, so on Facebook, I, I I've got, Facebook is such a dirty company. I got off, I, I'm still on Facebook for the very same reasons, family, friends, whatever. The Forming Intentional Disciples group, me and Luke right. will stream our, our, our podcast, Catching Foxes, on Monday nights a bunch of times, so it's a great free venue to do video shows but uh yeah i knew and i feel so much better i mean just cool. the fact that it's not a distraction yeah because my brain like why do why does a large group of people who vaguely know me need to a hot take that could potentially end my career 10 years from now taken out of context <laughs> right like come on right why are we right yeah that? no that that's true yeah i mean i i have just been like um laying low and staying silent because I'm amazed at how many people have thought that their opinion mattered. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of the way I've been looking at it. And, and the reality is my, just mine. pretty much just for business. Yeah. And my opinion doesn't matter. Like it right. doesn't. And I realized right. that when uh, I was talking with someone, once the, one, once the day goes by, no one remembers any of the tweets. Yeah. No one. So why yeah. am I getting all angry or right. you know sucker right. punching people for no? Yeah, I just have no right. So I knew all what, that stuff. Let me let me tell you what's been funny to me as an outsider, not commenting and trying to just take in the world right now. <laughs> yeah, of twenty twenty. It's it's kind of funny. A lot of my friends because I I think because I'm from Texas and because I'm uh, in like a more conservative crowd. Like a lot of them have been, their response has been, why are they allowing these people to do this? Like for the rioting? Yeah. Why isn't anyone stopping these people? Like they're breaking the law. Why isn't anyone stopping them? Right. It's, it's a little, it's, I, I, I get that. Okay. But I also just, it's interesting to me that like we live in a society where a woman could walk to an abortion clinic and have a doctor legally murder her child, you know, yeah. like, uh, it's just funny, like that we would then now all of a sudden be like, somebody just graffitied a, a statue. Why? Why are people? Why are they allowing this? Mm, you know, mm. like we allow a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and, we, and I mean, we're basically allowing like the trafficking industry. I mean, it, there has to be some overlooking that. You know, there's no way if it's if it's actually in every United, uh, neighborhood in the United States. And anyways, that's my yeah. And you start to look at it, and this is this is important because we have been doing a series on sin. Which I'm yeah. sure everyone is excited about. Um, <laughs> yay, negativity. Um, but one of the things about sin that is constantly fascinating is what your group of friends deem unacceptable and what right. your group of friends deem or will tolerate and what sins they praise, right? Like right. you go to some groups, you know, like, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, you could think of a, a trillion things that. Right. What is the line from St. Paul? They're doers of evil. They not only do evil, but they give approval to those who do it. Yeah. And once you have that, you have a structure of sin or, or, or social sin. You yeah. have that 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 atmosphere that breeds contempt for God. And so, um, yeah, it is fascinating how how uh, how all this stuff manifests. But everyone, your most demanded email is what we're going to talk about today, which is. After we did that first episode on sin, Dave said, oh, I got this devotional thing. No biggie. It'll it's save not, your soul be, from perdition. Be, no, you're not going to be that impressed with it. It's not that it's not complicated. It's yeah, you know, you stolen say, from the saints. <laughs> you say it's not complicated, but most of us are up a creek without a paddle and we need and this is a paddle. This is a paddle. You know, so so let's I mean, let's dive in by looking a little bit at. Jesus and sin in the Gospels. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Wait. What are we going to talk? We're going to talk about Dave's devotional model to help yeah, you to sin. Yeah. Habitual <laughs> to help sin. you sin. <laughs> <laughs> to help you overcome habitual sin. Yeah. Yeah. Habitual sin, and and it, and and of all levels, right? Um. And uh, I think we should start with you know just 
just the relationship between Jesus and sin in the gospel, in the Bible, right, in general, and and even start maybe before that, right? Probably like the most famous sin after the fall, I think, that most Christians kind of know about, right, would be when Moses comes down the mountain, right? Uh, oh, yeah. It's so, that story is so annoying, right? I mean, for us, it is so annoying, right? There is such dramatic irony there because we're watching this happen and it's like, oh my gosh, they cannot be left alone for a second, right? <laughs> um, Literally God's divine presence right, has set right. fire to the top right, of the, the theophany, <laughs> right? Yes, right, right. Trumpet blasts and lightning and all these things, right? Um, and Moses, you know, comes down with the law, right? And, and, sees this heinous sign of them breaking the law, right? Which, you know, in a sense, worshiping the golden calf, it was, it's more than just what, what that was, right? There was something weird about it. There's something sexual about it, right? It's, it's, it's idolatry in, in the normal form of idolatry, right? It it was, it was a fully, it was a bad deal (laughs) that he sees. And Moses, even though he had just encountered the living God, right, he has no response to this other than justice, right? And so what does he do in anger? He he throws the tablets down on them, right? And and some of you might be summoning pictures of, you know, the the movie The Ten Commandments or something like yeah. that. But if right, you mo- will not live exactly. by the law, you right. will die by it. <laughs> I love right, that. Exactly. Scene. Right, right. Moses. And, and I think probably for most of us, we can put ourselves easily into Moses's yeah. mindset at that moment, right? It's so angry and the righteous and, indignation, right? And and mostly, I think mostly he's angry because he can't do anything about it, right? Mm-hmm. So let's flash forward, right, uh, thousands of years, right? And and Jesus is on the scene, and he is starting to preach his new law, right? Uh, uh, the fulfillment of the old law. And he is on this hill preaching the Beatitudes, right? Uh, the, the, in a sense, the currency of the kingdom of heaven, right? He preaches the Beatitudes. And we have this beautiful verse where he comes down the, the mountain or the hill. And the first thing he encounters is not uh, idolatry. He encounters a leper, right? Mm. And leprosy at that time would have been, you know, kind of the quintessential sign of sin, right? You were ostracized from society. Remember at this time, Jews often thought that because if you had something like that, it's because you sinned. The writer of the gospel is absolutely comparing Jesus to Moses. Moses comes down the mountain with the Decalogue. Jesus comes down after preaching this new law, right? The Beatitudes. And, And Moses encounters sin and, and, vengefully, justfully, angrily, maybe righteous anger, right? Slams those tablets down, punishes the people in a sense. What does Jesus do? Now Jesus can actually do something about this and he heals the leper. This is what we have to remember is that Christ uh, sees sin not just as a a transgression, but as a disease that he can heal. Um, And so it's really important that we yeah, we, we, we should absolutely use everything we can at our fingertips with science and psychology and all those things that we can do to try and end sin in our life. But to remember that the only person who can end sin in our life is the one who can literally cleanse the leper, right? Um, and so, uh, yeah, so over the years, right, just seeing disciples struggle time and time again with sin, I started to kind of um, develop, and, and in my own life, right, develop my own model of um, what I now call the devotional model, right, which I think probably, there are probably a lot of psychologists and psychiatrists who will say this this is not enough, it's, it's going to create a problem here for people who are specifically addicted to uh, sexual sin, but I have worked with hundreds of men and women uh, in this um, and, and seen un- beautiful freedom come from this model. And it's basically stolen from the lives of the saints, right? Uh, what it is, is very similar. I've, I've been learning a lot about cancer, right? Because of, because of Amber with chemo, like the, the way it works is that some, some cancer cells are super aggressive. So they try to up the chemo, right? Like, as opposed to just hitting at a certain level at a certain time, they try and up it. And that's the, the, the treatment she's getting now is they do dynamic adjustments by the week. Mm, Wow. This is what the devotional model is, right? We're going to ramp up our life of devotion. And there's this, um, I don't have the quote in front of me, so I'm not going to say it exactly, but there's this phrase uh, that you read in Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales, where it says that uh, damaged fruit 
needs to be packed in the sugar of devotion. Okay, so like if a fruit has damage, then you need to pack it in sugar so that that damage doesn't continue to grow. And so he compares the sugar to devotion, right? The, our devotional life, our prayer life. And so that's kind of where it comes from. Oh, that's fascinating. So your goal, is, do you start off easy or easy, meaning few prayers and then or or you start with very involved no, it's pretty involved right yeah. from the beginning. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty involved. Uh, it, so what you I hit say it is like hard it's, in the beginning and then taper off or what? Is that what so you I hit it hard in the beginning. <laughs> we get into a rhythm, right? Okay. Very a rhythm, and then um, I would I would encourage like people after about six months to do something more intense, like a retreat, uh, and so things like that. Maybe the maybe the exercises, something like that. But, okay, and but I can I can go over our daily routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think one of the one of the questions that some people might have is, does your devotional model focus on dealing with the sin, or does it focus on like union with Jesus, and the dealing yep. with the sin flows out of that? Both. Both. Okay. 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 Yeah. So, so, so here's what I would do is I would, I would recommend a daily routine. This is particularly like for men who are struggling with um, sexual addiction or, or women who are struggling with sexual addiction. Right. And the morning routine is going to involve um, both. Uh, I don't know how to say this natural and supernatural, right? We're going to try to access both. So the very first thing that people are going to do in the morning is they're going to do some journaling. Right. Okay. And the journaling is going to be like, how am I going to win the day? Now, now journaling is not it's not new. Right. Every single um, addiction counselor is going to tell you to journal. There's no question. But this topic is going to be how am I going to win today? You know, how am I going to allow myself to be free today? Right. It's going to include morning devotions, which um, would usually for the people that I work with is going to be the rosary. Okay. It could be mass. If you have that kind of a schedule that you can make it to mass. Um, it could even be adoration if you have that kind of a schedule. Right. Um, and, and I would suggest that you do the best prayer you can. Right. So if you can go to mass, go to mass. Uh, if you can go to adoration, go to adoration. If you can't, you, know, you could do rosary. If you can't do that, you could do something else. Um, and usually I'll sit down with the person and decide what those devotions are going to be. One of the things I would include is a book that I use. I, I don't know if you've ever heard of this. It's kind of an obscure book. It's called Clean of Heart. And it's a it's like a 30-day journey. Like it's for people struggling with pornography. But it's a devotional journey. It's great. It's an okay. excellent book. And so I usually include that. So you're going to do your devotions. After you do your devotions, you're going to do something very, very important. Okay. So when, when you start working with me, I give you a list of like 400 cloistered monasteries and convents around the world. Okay. <laughs> and so what you're going to do, okay, particularly if you're using the internet for abuse, you're going to jump on the internet. You're going to get to your list. You're going to circle one of them and you're going to say, okay, I need to look up and see if that place is still around. You look on Google, you're using it for something good, right? <laughs> uh, and you're looking for this place. If it is still around, then you're going to sit down and you're going to write your prayer support letter. And so that day, every morning, you're going to write your prayer support letter. So you're going to get stamps ahead of time. You're going to get stationary ahead of time. And usually if they're working with me, I just give them all this stuff. Uh, and the letter is literally going to be dear sisters, dear brothers, dear whoever, right? Uh, I'm writing to you today to ask you for prayer for this. And you're going to say, you know, I, 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 I want to end this sin in my life. I want God to take this away from me because of the following reasons, right? And you're going to just write that every single day of this journey. You're going to write one of those prayer support letters. That's awesome. And if, and if you made it to the end of the list, which you won't, you would just start over. You would just continue on that and start over. Uh, what's amazing to me is how many of these monasteries write back to the people I've worked with. It's amazing. Okay. Uh, and, and it's beautiful. Okay. Next thing, uh, for men in particular, if you're struggling with uh, sexual sin, you're going to work out and you're going to work out like in a way that you've never worked out before. Uh, th there has to be some kind of, um, serious physical exertion. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why it works. I don't know why it's in there, but it works for men, right? It helps very much to relieve the tension that they have built up in their life. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking on that natural level, like, okay. So one thing, a couple things I want to say in, 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 in terms of this grace and nature. 
All right, grace yeah. and nature. Grace does not replace nature. It builds upon nature. So, for instance, I was talking with a woman who has diagnosed OCD. Okay? Yeah. Diagnosed. Oh, so sad. And, yeah. Right. And she had trauma in her life created by this one individual. And she'll say every single time she prays the Divine Mercy Chaplet, in particular, she thinks of that woman and how much she hates her, resents her, is bitter towards her, whatever it might be. And she can barely pray. She'll take a whole hour to say a 10-minute chaplet. And she just fixates on this woman. She said, I know it's yeah. Satan. I know it's Satan. And I said, <sighs> listen, it's not. I said, Satan can use it. But you have to look at your OCD nature. Why is it always the divine mercy chaplet? Right. It's not when you pray the rosary. It's not when you do daily mass. Why is it right. always this? Your mind has, a, a, for whatever reason, fixated this woman with and the trauma that you experience around her with this prayer i said so get treatment for your ocd because right. satan can then use that to rob you of your joy and to steal your attention away from the battle of prayer and all that stuff yeah. but but here's the fascinating thing of what you just said right and i i encourage men and women right and you work predominantly with men which is why you why you say that but the idea of working out physical exertion right does two things it burns away in the healthiest way imaginable your cortisol and adrenaline levels right. right and nothing makes a person we live in a bizarre world our cortisol system which is stress levels and our adrenaline and all that stuff the thing that makes you shaky when you're amped up all of that was invented for our survival in the wilderness, and it gets used when we get a negative email. <laughs> like, right, like right. it's built to kick in our our, our fight or flight response for yeah. you know bear attacks, and we're right. using it because our boss said I need to see you in fifteen minutes. Um, right. And so the problem is for many people who have repeated sin, and uh, again, we're going to go to sexual sin, not because we're fixated on sex, but because it's the most common thing right now that is destroying people's lives. Yeah. Burning off the stress and cortisol levels allows you to de-stress yeah. in a healthy way as opposed to the unhealthy way, which is what the sin kind of does. You go to something familiar, you know, especially with, you know, pornography and masturbation, all that stuff. You use that as a de-stressor and people don't realize that. So, yeah. The, so what, what what do you talk about working out like you've never done yeah. it before? Yeah, I'm talking like you're you're going to be um, you should be exhausted at the end. Okay. Of it, right. But exhausted physically, not, you know, not mentally. And so, like, I want them to to know that they've worked out. Right. This should be they should be trying to hit feats that they haven't done before run faster, run longer, lift heavier, those kinds of things. Um, and to your point about how we're going to, we're going to kind of direct this towards sexual sin. I, in my own life have used this like with anger, anger has, you know, al always been a problem for me. And I mean, there, there have been many times in my life, even in my mature Christian life, which is what I say now. And I say it laughingly because <laughs> I don't even know if I'm a mature Christian, but, um, I mean, there have been plenty of times where I've been so angry that I, I mean, you could easily get me to fight you in a second, yeah. right? Like, I mean, it, like if someone knew how to turn my, you know, buttons and they, they could easily set me off, you know? So, so it's not just, uh, it's not just sexual sin, but, but that's, it's like what Gomer said, that's usually what people come to me for, you know, usually people don't come to you and say, uh, gossip is ruining my life, yeah. right? Uh, can you help yeah. me? So so, okay, the last thing you're going to do um, for like the morning routine is your memorization verses, scripture verses, okay? And um, I now a lot of people think that they're going to be themed, but they're not, okay? Uh, the only reason I do memorization verses, besides the fact that it's just a really good practice, for one thing, it engages people's minds in a way that most people aren't doing it anymore. All of our information is in our phones, so we don't memorize things. Right. Okay. So it kind of stretches you a little bit. Cal um, Newport talks thing, about this in digital yeah, right, minimalism. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. So, so you're going to do your memorization verses. And usually what I'll do is tell people just start at the beginning of the gospel of John and work your way through John and start to memorize small chunks of scripture through John. The, the biggest reason, especially for people, men who are struggling with pornography or sexual addiction um, or, or women. Um, I love how you have to constantly that, issue that disclaimer. Just say people. <laughs> just say people. <laughs> I feel bad. I feel like I'm betraying the women I work with when I say it over the over the phone because <laughs> they seem more embarrassed. Oh, yeah. By it. Um, oh, yeah. The um, 
but the memorization verses are going to uh, mystically, and I'm, I'm saying this <laughs> with a straight face, they are going to mystically clean your brain. That is what's going to happen, right? So this is a big problem, right? Is that you can look at pornography or you can sin so much that you don't need access to it anymore because it's just in you. And a big, big issue is that the devil works on us when our mind is not engaged. So what we want to do is have God work on us when our mind is not engaged. And one of the best ways to do that is just memorization verses. And I always use like the, um, I mean, this is a ridiculous example but, or analogy, but it, it works. Um, uh, it's kind of like um, when you're like on a couch, right? Like uh, this would happen with my family, like, and people keep sitting on the couch and you keep getting moved to the end. Right. And all of a sudden there's no place else to move and you fall off the couch. Right. <laughs> I want you to memorize so much scripture, literally, that it like pushes out what is occupying your brain uh, immorally. Yeah. Right. OK. So that would be the last thing of the morning routine. OK. So you're saying so. take in so much good stuff that there's just no room yeah. left for the bad stuff. Right. And in a sense, that is the whole devotional model, <laughs> right? That you're going to steep your life in devotion, right? Uh, you know, that that how am I going to win the day journaling? You're literally going to account for every minute of the day. Like you're not going to allow there to be like, well, in the afternoon, I'm going to do this. No, it's like literally I want to know then I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to move straight to this. I'm going to move straight to this. So you're going to make a treasure map like for the day. This is like the entrepreneurs call yeah. it, right? Where it's like, okay, this is how I'm going to do it, and this is how I'm going to finish. What the entrepreneur calls their daily schedule a treasure map? Like, no, they pirate, do. That's a big a thing. Pirate entrepreneur. <laughs> I, well, I'm looking into we privateering. Know, you know how I, much I love uh, anything maritime, <laughs> Gomer. Pirates. Dave, the maritime pirate <laughs> mambicle. Awesome. I did not yeah. realize that. Yeah. Okay, okay. It's a new yeah. thing I learned about you. Uh, so you're going to uh, the last thing you're the very last thing you're going to do is just make sure you you look to how long you have to get to the afternoon, right? How long you have to get to the afternoon. So you're going to start to look at the af the morning, afternoon and evening sessions as like your um, oasis, right? And in between is kind of like the desert. OK, uh, now what you're going to do in between is you're going to have little rituals that you do. OK, so you're going to uh, have um, one ritual would be pray and move, right? So when a temptation comes along, you're going to have a specific prayer that you rely on. I usually suggest the memorare. And then you're going to have something that you know you can move to do immediately, right? So this is just training yourself to uh, to always respond in prayer and then to move as fast as you can, right? To do something else, to get your mind on something else. So that would be in between. In the afternoon, Oasis, right? Uh, I suggest the Divine Mercy Chaplet. It's a lot shorter. Most people don't have as much time in the afternoon as they might have in the morning if they're waking up early. You're going to pull out that journal again, and you're going to start to write about just like what your short-term goals are. And, is this in the afternoon um, or in the evening? Sorry, I was no. This is I was writing yeah, down afternoon. treasure map in the show notes. I'm yeah. trying to make extensive yeah. show notes here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to write down what are my short term goals? You're going to do some journaling there and you're going to, uh, you know, kind of respond to that with, you know, what, what is, what is my state of mind or my moral state uh, doing to those goals? You know, is there a problem there with that? So for, for men, you know, if it's pornography and they have a family, right? What are my short term goals? My family, how is pornography ruining that? Right. Uh, and then you're going to spend 10 minutes in the gospels. Okay. Uh, could be anything, right? Could go back to John if you want to. I usually rely a lot on John just because it would be good if by the end of this, you almost had memorized John, right? Uh, and, and I do know people who have done that literally. So, uh, so that's, that's simple for the afternoon. That's what you're going to do. Okay. Uh, in the evening, uh, you're going to do evening journaling again. Why do I want to do this this time? Why is this important to me? Right. You're going to make a list of, I mean, this is just like a weight loss program. Yeah. Okay. Right. What, why, why do I want to lose the weight? Right. You're going to go back to your scripture memorization. Uh, the next thing you're going to do is your examination of conscience. Okay. Uh, and the examination of conscience, um, is important. Okay. Because what you want to do is make sure that while you're sleeping, right. You've before you go to sleep, you've subjected your mind and the day to Christ. Don't let Satan work on you while you're not engaged like that all night long. Okay. So you want to, uh, do an examination of conscience and in a prayer of, of repentance. Okay. Um, 
And then you, some people might want to work out again. It depends, right? I mean, for some of these guys, right, they they won't be able to sleep if they've gone through a day without looking at pornography and, um, you know. Uh, yeah, they've trained, they've trained themselves right. in it's nighttime, I'm hidden, let's do this. Yeah. Right, right. So I, what I want you to do is go to bed very, very tired, right? So you you want to you wanna be like your head hits the pillow and you can't wait to go to sleep. Um, and then I usually recommend 30 to 60 minutes of licit recreation, uh, but but not more because uh, it just it's like a slippery slope there. So it could be TV. It could be video games. It could be woodworking, um, you know, things like that. Uh, you know, uh, those are the kind of things that I found that most guys like say like, well, yeah, I like this or something like that. So so that's what they go to. Now, what's important about this is having a ritual for failure because um, you are gonna, you are gonna fail, yeah. you know? So if it's gossip, if it's pornography, it's, it doesn't matter what it is. You are going to fail. So your ritual for failure is going to be, um, an examination of, uh, a, a prayer of repentance, you know, and then a, some kind of a devotional where you are trying to experience more union with God. Right. Um, now if it's sexual sin and, and it's been in your life longer than a year, I, I'm going to tell you at the beginning of this program that what you need to do is you need to also work with a, an addiction counselor. Um, because there, there are a lot of chemical things that go along with this. Right. And, and literally, I mean, I, I mean, there are even, there are even pharmaceuticals now being prescribed uh, for people going through withdrawal and things yeah. like that. So, uh, you know, and, and whatever science can offer us, we'll take. And on that um, note, I would like to recommend you to go to, uh, either faithfulcounseling.com or betterhelp.com slash foxes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really? They're, they're sponsoring Catching Foxes. So oh, BetterHelp cool. is an online um, counseling service that's done by phone or, or you know, like Slack or, or not Slack, uh, yeah. FaceTime or something like that, where you can get counselors. They'll respond to you within 24 hours. Um, and the whole point of it is uh, that you can get the type of help you need immediately. Um, so BetterHelp is the big umbrella organization, and Faithful Counseling is the Christian-based. Okay. So that's their inner network of Christian counselors that actively involve God and Scripture and all that stuff in your counseling. So, cool. uh, you know, if you do go to go to BetterHelp um, and you fill out like an online questionnaire and it's all confidential and blah blah blah. Um, if you do that and you go to slash foxes, it gives you something. I don't even know if it gives you anything, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's gives you peace of mind. Uh, yeah, exactly. But the, uh, l my buddy Luke talks about like he his brain broke over this quarantine because he is the most extreme extrovert. His wife was pregnant. Now they have a baby. Yay. Um, but he didn't want to get covid and not be able to accompany his wife if she had the baby. Sure, so sure, they like sure. absolutely quarantined. And it, it sent him yeah. into, into a bad place. And so he was already, he used better help as part of that or the faithful counseling. That was his, his thing. So if, if you need, huh. a, and they do addiction counseling, uh, especially for like sexual addictions and stuff, you can find that on there. So yeah, if you don't have yeah, someone local great. or no one's meeting you, here's just a side tip that I throwing out to you, right. but it's important. So let me, let me talk about this ritual for failure and why it's so important. Um, when you do a New Year's resolution, and uh, you know, when it, t it typically lasts for three weeks, right? I had a friend who said, I can do anything for three weeks, right? <laughs> like, and then you yeah. fail. It's like January 20th or whatever, and then you fail miserably. Most people give up their New Year's resolutions at the first sign of failure. So, this right. one guy uh, in writing his books, I believe it was called Start, John Acuff. He used to work with Dave Ramsey. Um, his whole thing is like, what do you do? The most important decision you make is not how you start. Because every human being, this is naturally a part of human beings, we create goals for future version of Gomer that current version of Gomer can never live up to, right? I'm right, going to read right. more. I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to eat healthy. No, you're not, right? So the idea right. is, he said, the most important thing is not what you do on day one or, or day one minus, you know, whatever. Um like your plans, but what do you do the morning after you fail? He said that is actually the most crucial day because most people get so disheartened, they give up everything. They just right. stop. And he said, right. so the, the wisdom of your ritual for failure is crucial. 
in understanding this because most people get so discouraged and they, and it, it's actually a form of arrogance, right? It's disordered self-love. Right. How could I do this? Have you met you? You've been doing this right. for 10 years. What do you mean, how could I do this? Right? right? You keep making goals like, oh, well, now I'm in my 30s. I'm going to stop this. Now I'm married. I'm going to stop this. Now I have kids. I'm going to stop this. That's why you did it, right? So one, one priest said right. to me, uh, you keep saying the word I. Like, how could I do this? He's like, you're a sinner. That's how. I was like, okay. <laughs> Sorry, Batman. Yeah, right. So yeah, I think right. I think it is important. I think it's absolutely important. Yeah. So so that would be like a daily, that would be kind of like the daily schedule. Then there are weekly events, Uh-oh. right? That you're gonna do, right? The the weekly events are uh, it's it's pretty easy. It's confession, right? Confession and counseling, right? So those are the kind of things. Uh if guys aren't going to counseling and they're just working uh through this model, then I'll meet with them maybe once a week, right? And go through it all and see how things are going. Uh, you want to have some kind of um, accountability during this, okay? Uh, so depending on you know what what kind of relationship you have with your confessor, right? Uh, I think is is good. Now, a lot of people, I used to say, you want to have a relationship with a confessor so that when you fail during the week, you can get back to confession immediately. Yeah. Here, here's here's an issue I see with that. It becomes therapeutic it becomes part of the ritual of the sin itself yeah right so it's almost like i hate to say it like this but it's almost like a part of this is that you have to wallow in the sin a little bit um so i'm not saying you should avoid confession but i'm saying that once a week is okay once a week is okay because you're talking about Uh, the people who will go like every single time they fail they immediately go or like they're going to confession every two or three days and yeah, or or every day. Yeah, and there, there's know? a priest who works with men and women uh, with porn addictions, and the ministry is called Integrity Restored. Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, he talks about the rituals, right? The rituals of looking at pornography right. and all this stuff. And he said, and for right. many Catholics, confession is a part of that ritual. So uh, again, right. Dave, a lot of wisdom in what you're saying. Uh, in yeah. don't do that. Don't let yourself bring it. Don't do it so often that you're incorporating it into the ritual of viewing. So, okay. Yeah. 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 And and then a few uh, natural or secular things. Um, you want to add in something to your week that is self-development, okay. right? Um, because what you see, like, we always identify ourselves with our sins. And even though you might not feel it, and even though you might be a, a, an arrogant punk, right? Uh you hate yourself, yeah. right? In a lot of ways, right? When you fail miserably, like if you're failing so miserably with sin, you don't like yourself. And so it's time to start like focusing a little bit on what we would call like healthy or licit self-love, right? Um, that we're we're trying to develop as a person. And so this could be uh, learning a language. It could be learning how to, I don't know, do some kind of art or something like that. Uh, you know, it could be, could be any number of things, right? But you want to do something that like develops another part of your person, right? Uh, and, and kind of like strive for excellence there. Um, then uh, what we're going to start to add in here is now more specific to the sin. I really try to coach with people that they learn a lot about the corresponding virtue, so, right. So if it's, if it's, if they're pride, if they're working on pride, like we're going to learn a lot about humility. Okay. We're going to read about humility. We're going to recommend books. We're going to recommend podcasts. We're going to recommend those things. And we're going to learn about the corresponding virtue and add in a devotional prayer for that virtue. Lord, give me the virtue of humility, that kind of thing. Um, and then, and then there are monthly exercises, right? And those monthly exercises are like a, a, a retreat day, um, and the retreat day could be an actual retreat that you go on, or it could just be a day that you've given aside right to God. Okay. And a lot of times that ends up being our kind of restart pad right there. Um, for a lot of people, what I found is that they get to the retreat day completely exhausted. Their will is tested. They're uh, not really happy with the yeah. fact that they've, um, you know, been able to stay uh, away so long. And they are just really hoping for relief. Um, 
that comes from sin. Um, so you want that retreat day to be kind of easy, but also very devotional, like allow God to just love you in that day, right? In in, in a certain way. And uh should be stress-free as well. Okay? okay. So I mean that I mean, this is basically the model, you know. I mean, there's a lot more to it, but it's it should go along with coaching. That's why I don't like just put it in a list, you know. <laughs> like we're doing today. So what kind of coaching yeah, well, who who you know, not everyone has access to you, right? Like I do. So lucky and blessed. What? Well, well, I sleep less than. Most <laughs> what would people, What so. would you recommend? Who would you recommend people to? Yeah, a spiritual director. A spiritual director. Yeah. Now a yeah, lot of I priests. So. You know, you say a spiritual director, but spiritual direction is hard to come by for a lot of Catholics. Yeah, I know. I it's, know. It's probably the worst thing going on in the church right now. It, you're right. You're you're not you're not kidding. And it's funny because I remember when Pope Benedict uh he he made, he kind of threw a comment out at where he said, you know, you really should have a spiritual director. And I remember one of my friends who was an Opus Dei priest saying like they they just got bombarded after he made that uh, comment, you know. Yeah. And uh so yeah, try to fi- try your best to find one. And I, what I would do is, if you can't, Christian counseling works. You know, some kind of Christian counseling. Okay. Uh, you know that you that you mentioned. Um, but I do work with a lot. I mean, I don't need to meet with them. Um, you know, once a week. It could be once a month. But I work with a lot. You know, like priorities for me are. Um, I work with a lot of people who are in the same sex attraction community. Okay, that's priority. But then priests and uh, seminarians. Uh, women who are discerning the convent, things like that. Uh, I work, you know, I prioritize people like that just to to try to work with them. So, um, so I, I I do, you know, have a several going at, at one time usually. Okay, okay. So, what would you say should be the very first step for an individual right now who's thinking, okay, maybe this is me. Maybe you're describing me. What should they do? I would. Sit down, and I would take out a piece of paper, and I would write the sin that you know is keeping you from God down on that paper. That's what I would do. That's the very first thing I would do. And then I would, under that sin, I would write how it makes me feel, what the effects are, how it makes other people feel. And I would just have a moment of uh, sitting in the filth a little bit. And seeing what you know, what has become, and in particular, what has become, what that sin has allowed you to believe about your relationship to God, mm. right? Um, because that 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 when it comes down to it, what you're going to see is we allow sin to separate us from God. God doesn't want to, right? <laughs> but we allow sin to separate us from God, and um, and it's it's much more. I can't believe I can't be in a relationship with God when I have this on my soul than it is God saying. Oh, I, I don't want them because they have the sin on their soul. It's not that, right? It's the opposite. So, okay. I like that notion where you started, you know, bringing this all back. Moses could not confront the sin, couldn't heal the sin. So, his only response instead of mercy was justice. And within that context, right, zeal was defined by the Levites who took up swords against their brethren right. and right. cut right. everyone down. And then again, one generation later, the second generation coming up out of the wandering in the desert, you have the sin of Baal of Peor, which was a sexual sin as well. Then you have all these cult prostitutes basically there. And Phineas takes a spear and runs them through. And so his family line inherits uh, the priesthood, just as the one generation earlier, the Levites inherited the priesthood. And that's where the book of Leviticus comes from. That's why St. Paul says, why the law? It was added because of transgressions. You have the golden right. calf, you get Leviticus, you have Baal of Peor, you get Deuteronomy. And within that context, right, zeal is constantly seen as like basically killing in the name of God, right? Or right. or this vengeful gun. When Christ enters the scene, right, one of his disciples was a zealot. Some translations in, yeah. I think the Gospel of Mark will call him a Canaanite because the the right. <laughs> the Hebrew word is kananim, and it's very much like the Hebrew word for Canaanite, and but it means a zealot. And you had a zealot with a Roman tax collector, Matthew, or a Jewish tax collector for Rome, Matthew. He, he would have killed him like in any other circumstance. Right. right. And so this notion right. that um, because there is mercy in Christ, 
our only response is not just justice, but actually overcoming the sin, not just by killing the sinner, right? But actually going inside and what Ezekiel promised uh, and and Jeremiah promised, a new heart, right? Like the, the yeah. new heart is what we are looking for, but you can't have a new heart if you insist on returning to the same sin. If you carry a golden calf within you, right, you can't you're not making space. You're not making room on the couch for Jesus. You're not making room right. on the couch for healing, right? And so the 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 power of this is you're making room for the mercy to work, right? And it's not enough yeah. just to ask God to take this away from me. It's it's no. the work with God. What is that line from Saint Augustine? He created you without you, but He's not content to redeem you without you or to save you without you. Like this is our great work by God's grace. Uh, St. Teresa of Avila says, with God's grace, I can conquer myself. With God and money, I can conquer the world. Uh, <laughs> but the, the reality is, right, it starts with this self-conquering. Um, and Dave, I love what you laid out. Uh, I took very detailed show notes. Now, scripture verses, the memorization verses, do you have like a list of that? No, I usually, uh, it'll, I, I would take one out of every chapter of, the, of John. Oh, okay. Just whatever, yeah, stands out to you. But definitely, you're going to memorize the prologue to John's gospel. Definitely. Yeah. You're going to memorize, uh, you know, John 3.16, of course. Uh, you're going to memorize, you know, something from the discourse on uh, Christ's body, right? Uh, the bread of life discourse. Flesh and blood, right? Bread of life discourse. So, so things like that. Um, I would I'll also, what I'll do is I can I can send you for the show notes just the the you know some devotional prayers that I usually use, which is, one would be a, an inner healing prayer, okay. right? Because this all comes from somewhere. Yeah. One would be a spiritual warfare prayer, right? We want to make sure we have all our bases covered, uh, and then a few others that we use. Okay, so if someone is talking to you right now, and and you know what would be awesome, Dave, uh, in your in your just overwhelming free time, <laughs> if you were to help clergy create this for them to be the coach, right? Because you you got a bunch of emails from yeah. priests, right? Yeah. So we need yeah. after the last episode. Yeah, yeah. So we can't we can't um, recreate you. We can't multiply you. What if you know maybe they can't be a spiritual director because of the insane demands on a priest schedule? But what if that you could help them as their coach? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, this is the thing. People come and I help them. I'm not, uh, I'm no guru. That's for no, sure. No, I know. Uh, you're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> not only are you not a guru, you're barely even a friend. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about? Like the list of the monasteries yeah, and convents, yeah. the scripture verses. Yeah. Like, right. Have those tools. Yeah. Having sure. those tools, you know, maybe me and you can sit down and, and, uh, I can help go through that with you. And we can create this resource because here's the deal. I, I and maybe we'll, I've always wanted to really get at the heart of your pride. We could work through that. <laughs> you will kidding. be my coach. You can be my yeah. hero, baby. Uh, no, I mean I just had a, like an hour and a half long conversation with a, a catching foxes um, supporter on Patreon who was like, "I just need to talk about this one issue with you." And so we just talked, yeah. and it, you know, and it's all of this stuff. And they're like, "I'm looking for things to do," and I was like, "Well." You need to have someone who's not just on the phone with you in terms right. of like, you know, we talk you know once every three months or something at most. Um, like right. you need to have someone going with you, accompanying you. So uh, like this is important. And our priests aren't taught this in seminary. Right. You know, they're not taught like this is how you help. No, people I form. agree. And here's the beautiful thing, people. You do this devotional model to overcome any habitual mortal sin in your life or serious venial sin in your life, guess what's going to happen? When you overcome it, not if, but when, when you overcome it, the good Lord, uh, the good Lord uh, is going to keep this devotional life going. So after you overcome yeah, it, it's beautiful. This is your life, right? And this is right. a morning routine, an afternoon repose, and an evening examine. That is a part, that is what every spiritual director recommends people to have, you know? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, it's a lot of guys who who work with me after after two years or three years. Um, a lot of them just just naturally get into the liturgy of the hours. Yeah. Through this. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, for people who have never done Exodus ninety, Exodus ninety is largely built like this. There's okay. daily meditation on Scripture, twenty minutes to an hour, holy hour. 
get to daily mass once a week, you know, go with your group of guys or go individually. Um, they do a whole bunch of ascetical stuff such as cold showers, no right. snack food, you know, working out is a part of it. Do physical working out for, I think, it's, I think it's 60 minutes a day or something like that. Three days a week. Um, you know, these different things. And, and you do it as a group of guys who has a chaplain that can kind of act as a coach and you do an cool. evening exam and you do all that stuff. Um, right. and so this is not, I mean, that, that is all based on like, you know, and you walk through the book of Exodus and learn what, what, um, what overcoming sin looks like biblically. Right. So you sure. started with Moses, how great, um, and they do a gospel of the daily mass gospel reflection every day. So, uh, that the, I think it's the legionnaires of Christ supply the reflection. So it, okay. it's great. You know, it's a good resource for y'all to have, and it's a way to confront sin in your lives in a kind of like a ready-made support structure. So sure, um, we are not sure. going to do our five practical takeaways because this whole thing is a practical takeaway. Um, yeah. But I do want everyone to uh, send us an email at EKSB uh, at ascensionpress.com. Uh, let us know if this has been something that has helped you out. I don't want questions for this. I want responses. People, let's start doing this stuff because we all have sins to overcome and let's talk about it, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. Glory stories, yeah. folks. We love, we love our, we love our emails. We do. We do. We might not always reply, but we do always read. <laughs> and when we don't reply, it's usually directed towards me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Dave. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. <laughs> yeah. So, all righty, everyone. This has been uh, another episode of Every Knee Shall Bow. Thank you to our fine folks over at Ascension. Please, please, please um, head over to ascensionpress.com. In this time of quarantine, they have now listed, I think it's their five most popular studies and created like an online working group. I got an email about that the other day, uh, a cool. way to go to the class remotely and it's their cool. five most popular ones so like understanding the mysteries of the bible uh jesus the way the truth and life which we had um uh the author of that on the show uh when you were gone dave um other other ones i can't i can't remember i think the passion of christ the that amazing new dr shree one so there's a lot of great stuff that's out there that we can do to nourish our souls right and so just head on over to ascensionpress.com for more all righty y'all god bless god bless